Hello, and welcome to the Messy Studio, New Mexico edition. I'm in New Mexico, and I have uh, Ann Trees Wood on the phone. And Ann Trees hosts a wonderful podcast called Savvy Painter. And we're going to talk about a little bit about podcasting in general, and we're going to see where the conversation leads us. So welcome, Ann Trees. Hey, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's it's a pleasure. And it's going to be fun talking um, podcaster to podcaster here. Yeah. <laughs> because I I find your site and your and your podcast very interesting. Um, and so um, maybe we could start a little bit with, um, you know, who you are, how you got started with this. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, right. As you know, my name is Andrews Wood and um, I'm the founder and host of the Savvy Painter podcast. And I started it um, a couple years ago from uh, Argentina, and mostly it was because I was kind of feeling like I had just moved to Argentina, and I was living there, and I kind of felt very isolated from my normal um, network of artists that I had in Los Angeles, where I'm from originally. Um, so I went to yeah. school there and I worked at Disney for a long time. So I had these like very different, but very dialed in network of artists that I always had access to. And when I mm-hmm. moved to this little tiny town in Argentina, all of a sudden I realized what it was like to live among like, I don't know if you want to say normal people. But um, like, I had no, there was nobody for me to talk to um, about art. Yeah. So, um, so it was sort of a combination of so that. So you wanted, yeah, so you wanted to reach out to the rest of the world, which, you know, podcasting is one way to do it, right? Yeah. I mean, I kind of, um, I had a couple of experiences where I kind of realized I had access to these incredible artists and they had these amazing stories, particularly some, you know, kind of older artists and, um, and then they unfortunately passed on and I was just feeling like, Oh my God, all these stories are lost and Mm. there's so much there. So those were kind of the two things that got me thinking about starting a podcast and what actually got me to pull the trigger, I think, was just that feeling that, you know, collectively our minds are so much greater than one individual. And if I can collect these stories and learn from other artists what they, you know, what their experiences are in the studio, what they struggle with, how they solve different challenges, then you know, we're kind of all better off for it. So I just started collecting all the stories and um, it's turned into something like far greater than I ever <laughs> imagined, ever expected. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of how it, it sounds got going. Like from, it sounds like from looking at your site and everything that this is very much um, full time. It's really, a, you know, a huge job to do the kind of um, work you do with, with each podcast. I mean, you've got... Um, You've always covered each artist uh, with a little bio, with pictures of their work, and all kinds of background information. And um, it's it's a very wonderful and thorough approach, I think, to to bring these stories out. And I think you know something about podcasting too. It's like you could you could look at those stories and say, well, I could write them. You know, you could do a blog or something. But the but the interactive aspect of podcasting is. It's pretty fun, isn't it? I mean, I like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it allows you to 
um, speak to people more directly, I think. And there, you know, the written word is, I mean, I am an avid reader. I read a ridiculous number of books. <laughs> and so, um, I, it's not that, uh, podcasting or audible content is better than writing. Cause I for sure, um, don't totally believe that. But I also think that human beings are storytellers. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you go back to, ancient times what did we do we sat around campfires and we told stories and i love that so i love hearing directly from the people themselves and um i love hearing how artists talk about their work and the inflections of their voice and what it is that they get really excited about and how they describe Mm -hmm. their work process (laughs) and that's something that i think um happens more naturally when it is told directly from their perspective. Yeah. And I think, I think for listeners, it's a very different experience, um, as opposed to reading something because you, you feel very present with the person who's speaking. And you, you can also listen in situations where you don't have to sit and totally pay attention to what you're reading, for example. So I know a lot of people listen to artist podcasts in their studios and their car while they're cooking, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a kind of an intimate way of connecting with, like you say, people's stories, people's words, their inflections and, um, and, and having a feeling like you can picture the person or you could be sitting in the room with them, which is, it's really fun. And I, I have to say, when I podcast, I, I really enjoy talking to other other people and kind of <laughs> digging in, picking their brains a little bit, and probably more so than than when Ross is talking to me. I I kind of like to be the one interviewing because mm-hmm. it, as you say, it's it's so interesting to um to follow people's thoughts and everything. So so in that line and and what you know what we were talking about earlier, how you got started, um, it must have been. I know you started. With some preparation, you didn't just dive in and, but you really thought about who you wanted to talk to and came up with some ideas that would get people engaged right from the start, which seems like that was brilliant, you know. And were these people that you knew or did you just approach them? I, yeah, I mean, I think honestly, I kind of started not knowing if I was something that I would continue. I thought, I do this with most of my projects that um, I'm kind of quick to start, but slow to commit. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) when I have, which sounds very strange, but when I have an idea of something that I'm really excited about, I use that energy as the momentum to get going, whether it is podcasting or painting or any other thing that I want to do. So I'm quick to say yes, but I'm also quick to realize that this isn't working for me, this is um, more than I want to do, or, you know, when I when when anyone says yes to something, they're saying no to something else. So by saying yes to podcasting, I was kind of saying no to other things that I might do. And so for that reason, I was thinking like, okay, I'm going to do 10 or 10 or 15 interviews. Um, I will do them to the best of my ability. And then I'm giving myself the out that I have that number. That's what I'm going to do. 
And so when mm-hmm. I started, I, I was, my full intention was to do 10 or 15 interviews and then quit. <laughs> and what kept you going? <laughs> um, it, you know, I'm constantly sort of reassessing where things are and, you know, what they mean to me. Um, so my criteria for almost anything that I do is, you know, what am I contributing to the world? Um, which I know sounds very lofty, but, you know, I feel like our, our actions do impact other people, whether we see it or not. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, part of it is, you know, what is what is the impact I'm having on the world? How is this affecting me? And you know, what am I getting out of it? And what, you know, what happens if I quit? So mm. when I assess all that, you know, will I regret it actually is is the things is the thing that um, is most weighs most heavily. Uh, for will me. you regret it if you quit? Yeah. If you quit, you mean, yeah. Yeah. Will I regret it if I quit or will I, you know, or, you know, I think that the things that we regret most in life are the things that we didn't do. So I kind of look at, will I regret it if I quit whatever it is that I'm doing? And also the thing that I'm saying no to, am I going to regret not doing that? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. you know, both of those things, you know, for the podcasting, um, I found that I just really, I really loved talking to, um, to the artist and I really loved hearing their stories. And, um, and I was getting tons of emails from artists telling me how much it meant to them, how it's life changing for them, how it's like gotten them back into painting. And when I get responses like that, it's kind of, you know, that's when I really see the impact that I'm having. And those are the things that kind of kept me going with it. Um, I love it. It's fun. <laughs> I have a lot of fun talking to these artists. Um, it hasn't gotten yeah. old. And, and I think... Go ahead. When you, oh, sorry. As you say, I think when you say, um, you know, you want to impact and you want to know what you're, what you're doing for people, you know, you started out saying that you started the podcast by going as a kind of one of the things as a result of moving to a very small town in another country and realizing that you missed the community. And I think that that is so important to artists to feel that they have some kind of community, whether it's an online community or a physical one or both. And there are so many artists kind of struggling with a lot of things on their own and that not only, I mean, some of the stuff you can read about, yeah, but to hear people speak about it and to know that even, well, every artist, no matter how successful they are now, has gone through a lot of stuff to get there and 100%, has learned yeah. a lot on the way. Yeah. And so that's really a huge thing to offer people that are starting out or at any point. I mean, because we're always, any of us are always going through stuff. You know, it's always helpful to hear other people join in with that and say, yes, yes, I've been through that or I'm going through that or here's some things that help me. And it it really is a huge service. Yeah. And I think that, you know, one of the biggest myths about being an artist is that there is a specific way that you're supposed to do things like the, you know, the, you know, some of my students and the people that I talk to, um, what they're telling me is that they always either 
consciously or unconsciously believed that there was a way to be an artist. Mm. And so they're always looking for the formula or the rules and, and they've got a lot of self doubt. Am I doing this right? What if I, what if I do it wrong? Um, how am I supposed to everything from how am I supposed to do this painting to how am I supposed to contact an, a gallery to how am I supposed to price my work to, you know, every piece <laughs> of what we do. Um, I think there's this sense that there's a particular way, there's a secret that everybody else knows, and you right. don't know it, <laughs> right? And so, and so I think that is one of the biggest myths is that there are, I mean, every, I've done like over 200 interviews, and every single one of them has a different way that they approached a problem. Um, so people can be as creative as they want with their careers in their studios, how they sell their artwork, how they promote their artwork, all of that stuff um, is something that, you know, frankly, everybody's kind of figuring it out as they go along. Nobody has the secret formula. There's no like every like, <laughs> no matter what uh, an artist's experiences were, for example, um, artists who went through um, a traditional university program and then went on to get an MFA, um, I hear them saying things like, oh, man, but these self-taught artists, they, you know, like they're, they have the advantage because of X, Y, and Z. And then the self-taught uh -huh. artists, like I get so many emails about this, well, you know, saying things like, oh, well, that's so nice for so-and-so, but I didn't get to go to Harvard or I didn't get to go to Yale. <laughs> and, and so you, there's a sense, I think, that somebody else has the answer and and it's been either you don't know it, you haven't figured it out yet, or it's being withheld from you. And um, after doing as many interviews as I have, and after talking to thousands of artists, like not even, you know, a part of the interview process, I can tell you that is not true. <laughs> and I, I think right there is probably the most valuable message. And it's, you know, I, I've run into a bit of that myself with the messy studio and, and people say, well, well, tell us how, tell us what and, you know, either I'm talking to another artist or I'm just answering for myself. And I always try to say, well, I'm just saying this is what happened for me, but everybody's different. And yeah, and yet I know exactly, exactly what you're talking about this, <laughs> this sense of uh, what's the answer, and turning to people who have had some success, and figuring, well, if I could replicate what they did, then it's going to work for me. But it's a very twisty, turny road for anyone. And, and yeah, opportunities come up. And every person makes decisions about what they're going to, which opportunities to follow, uh, all kinds of things. And so I yeah, think the basic idea that you're, you're expressing here is that you just have to be a creative and do what's right for you is, is kind of a basic criteria really for doing this career. Yeah. And be, it's, um, it's so much easier said than done. I mean, it's really easy for people, you know, like I, I completely understand the desire to like say, okay, if I just do X, Y, and Z, then everything will work out. And I will, you know, like that is the formula. That's the path. And if I just follow those rules, then everything will be okay. And, you know, life is painting. Painting is life, <laughs> you know, like art and life, I think are sort of inseparable. And we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know everything that's going to happen. So a formula doesn't exist, first of all. But even if 
you decide, like, if I decided I was going to study Rebecca Crawlall and I was going to do everything that you did, it wouldn't work for me because I'm not you. I don't have the same personality. <laughs> I don't have the same, you know, I haven't had the same experiences. So comparing yourself to other people, to other artists, and then trying to chase after what they're doing based off of assumptions that you've made off about what they're doing is sort of a recipe for, um, I don't know if disaster is the right way, but the right well, word, but I think it's, I think it's a recipe for, yeah, for absolute frustration and always feeling like you're not doing enough or the imposter syndrome is definitely going to come on if you're doing that. And I think staying authentic to who you are as a person and as an artist is the path that you should be on. And it's it's really interesting because listening to you saying those things, it's exactly what's true in finding your own voice in your work, you know, because another thing 100%. outside of all the career, all the all the career uh, choices that people make or wonder about or contemplate, and if they're basing those on what someone else is doing, it's the same uh, when people are too heavily influenced by, say, one other artist and or any 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 time you're comparing yourself to someone in the art world that that you admire or think they have succeeded and and, and where and then thinking well, well what have i done wrong why haven't i been that person you know it really is it's just frustrating and 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 pointless because like you said you just have to find what's right for you and it it but at the same time you know and all that said i think that all the conversations that you've um, put up or that I've put up, there's a, there are moments when people are talking when the listener connects and they mm -hmm. say, oh, oh, I get that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to take that into my own world and see what I can do with it. And I know I've had feedback, just some phrase that somebody says or that I say, and and they say, oh, all right, I think I get something now that I didn't get before. So so it's all really, really valuable stuff. Um, it's just, I think we're asking listeners to to take it as a whole and not take, take, take the whole picture, take what you can from it, but understand that there's no one way. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of to me, okay, so anybody who's ever listened to me, <laughs> talk um, in or out of the podcast knows that I come up with bizarre analogies. So I think a good <laughs> analogy for this one is sort of like, in a way, it's like marriage, right? So I can look at somebody and go, Oh, my God, they have the perfect marriage. So you know what, I need to marry Bob. <laughs> Which makes no sense at all. So number one, not an option. Number two, like, it doesn't. That it makes, is a great analogy. It makes no sense at all. But on the other hand, if I'm talking, you know, if these mythical friends of mine, um, let's just say it's Maria and Bob, have what I see as a perfect marriage, somebody else might see that and go, oh, God, kill me. I can never do that. That would be awful. So the, it also has to do with my personality and what my values are and what my priorities are. And then – but – Another way to sort of another way that that works for what we're talking about is Bob and Maria can tell me things about how they approach their marriage that would make give me ideas for my own. Exactly. That I can take those yeah. concepts and use them, but that doesn't mean 
that the answer is do exactly what they did and marry that other person <laughs> or whatever. Cause I kind of like right, my husband, right. you know, <laughs> forget Bob. <laughs> I don't want Bob. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's like we can, we can, I think it's really the most um, generous and giving aspect of podcasting is that you are offering up this sort of smorgasbord of ideas and, um, and, you know, I mean, it's kind of, I guess I could draw an analogy to being an art school, too, where you do get a lot of feedback from different people, different instructors, different visiting artists about your work, anyway, and they'll come through. And I remember when we had two visiting artists in a row, and one of them said to me, um, oh, I, I think you're really doing great things with your color. I love what you're doing with your color. And then an hour later, somebody comes through and says, I don't get your color. It's like you just pick up anything on the palette, you know? Right. And so it, it's like, it's all, you always know that somebody who's giving you feedback, um, or offering advice is coming from their own place. Yeah. And or, so, or the mixing color is actually a great analogy too, because I can tell you exactly how I mixed a particular green. You know, I can say put this much lemon yellow in it and this much cerulean blue and then add a touch of red, cadmium red, and give you exact directions on how to do it. But if you take that same color and you put it on your painting and it's not surrounded by the same color, exactly the same colors that I just put down, it won't look the same. It's not <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> so right. everything it's, surrounding it's your... it matters. Wow. And your taste. You're, you're brilliant, exactly you're like brilliant you at analogies <laughs> <laughs> on your on your feet <laughs> or on the phone. Um, that's a really excellent analogy because there are some things that you can spell out for people, but they, you know, don't, yeah. every situation is different. So yeah, um, yeah. So as you've gone through all your years, and how many years has it been that you've been podcasting? It was um, four at least, right? Five. Four. It's been four. Four. Yeah. yeah. I had to think about that. Yes. Four. Yeah. Um, so are there certain threads or things that have, other than this idea we've been talking about where it's different for every person, but are there any sort of, I don't know what, words of wisdom or threads or anything that numerous artists um, have mentioned um, that you can... I don't know, just kind of summarize, or am I totally putting you on the spot here? <laughs> no, it's a great question. Um, I, I would say it's, it's my interpret again. So now we're getting slippery because we just had that conversation. I, let's say it's my interpretation <laughs> right, right. of talking yes. with all these artists. What I, what I've learned is that, um, I'm going to let people scream into their studios that being an artist is actually very, very simple. It is extraordinarily simple. The problem is, is that it's not easy. Hmm. So the, you know, the difference, you know, the thing, the thing is, is that the secret formula to being an artist is actually right under your nose. And it's so simple that nobody believes it. And it's this, you have to paint every day. Nobody else has the answers for you. You have to find them. They are on your canvas. They are in your studio. And the only way that you can get them is by painting your way through it. So you can read a lot mm -hmm. of books. 
You can watch a lot of videos on YouTube. You can listen to our podcast every single day, which you should. You should be listening to me and to Rebecca <laughs> because it adds to the conversation. But ultimately, the thing that will make the most difference is just keep painting and you'll find it. And it's the same mm -hmm. thing for your voice. If you keep, if you look to everybody else, to figure out what their voices are, it takes you farther away from your own. Your own voice is in your studio, and that's the only place you're going to find it. Mm, well said. So, and so that's simple, but not it's easy. Not What's easy the not at all. Easy part. <laughs> it's really hard. It is very, very, very hard. Um, you know, it requires consistency. It requires determination. It requires a bullheaded stubbornness. Um, it requires an extraordinary amount of um, self-awareness and self-knowledge. We human beings, when we get frustrated, we look for anything in the world to distract us. And <laughs> like, it's <and>, true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the simplest, easy distraction is on your phone, which usually is in your studio with you. So, um, you know, like those are the things that it's important to pay attention to, like what is happening when you are painting? What, what, when you reach for your phone and like jump on Facebook because you just have to check something, what was happening in your studio before you had that impulse? Usually, mm. You got a little frustrated with your painting. Usually you, you came up upon something either technically, I don't know how to do that, or mentally you start thinking about thinking too much. Um, and these are all like what I call the shoulds, like, or, you know, should I do this? Should I do that? Um, you know, will so and so like it? Um, so and so mm -hmm. can be your uh your significant other so and so can be your gallery so and so can be the quote unquote they on the internet um you know as soon as you start wondering about external things like how people will interpret what you're doing you're ready to spiral mm. into a yeah, not great and place what better, <laughs> right and what better place to uh get you know put your focus on other people than Facebook, you know? Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I, I also think, you know, it's really good. It's a good practice to not have your phone in the studio or not have any distractions because we are so likely to be yeah. drawn into that. And, and just to actually, you know, consciously make yourself isolated if you yeah. can. You know, yeah. not not everyone has that luxury. If you have kids that are at school during the day or something like that. No, you, you have to be in touch. But, um, you know, well, there's, as much as we can, I think. There's, there's options, though. You know, like, so for, um, you know, for myself, um, if I really want, if I'm feel, if I'm really in that I'm spiraling down mode, I actually will shut off the router to my internet. <laughs> like I will, I will turn off the phone. I'll shut off the router and I will put my phone like all the way at the other end of the house. So it's kind of a pain in the butt to get to. Um, and you know, like some days, like I just need that for an hour or two to just get into mm -hmm. the mode. That is, 
the, the very draconian way to do it. Um, but as you said, there are some that there are many people, not some people, I think there are many people that you have other, you know, you've got kids, you're you have family. But you know, iPhones, at least I'm sure other phones have this has a do not disturb mode, which means that, you know, when I turn that on, I will not get any phone calls, any notifications, any bings. Um, and I turn that on while I'm in my studio. The only exception to that, and you can set that up, you have control over it, is your, your, whoever's in your favorites can call you. So I'm, uh. my, the only person in my favorites is my husband. <laughs> <laughs> so if he calls me, like he can interrupt my painting time. He generally doesn't. He knows when, I, when I'm working. Um, but I know if he calls me, it's something important. And then the other piece to that do not disturb on, on, um, on iPhones, at least, is that if somebody calls and then they call back immediately within like, I think it's two minutes or 30 seconds, you might even be able to set that on the phone. Like basically, it's like if somebody calls and doesn't get through and then they immediately call back. Um, you can yeah. set, you can set that and it just assumes that if somebody calls, hangs up and then immediately calls back twice, it's an emergency. You should pick that up. So those, yeah. those are things that will kind of help with like, oh my God, I don't want to, you know, what if my kids call? You can set it up so you, your kids are the only people that can get through. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. I think any, any tips that help you st- get in the zone and stay in the zone. Yeah. Um, are really, are really important. And I'm sure that when, you know, interviewing other artists that that does come up too is, you know, how people have, um, they have practices, they have rituals, they have whatever it is that, that the people that have spent, put in their time in the studio and done, done the work, and have gotten their work out there and had a name for themselves and all those things, they have all figured out how their to own. make it work. Those yeah. are, and they're yeah. all very personal. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think figuring out what it is for you that works is is really yeah. important. Yeah, I mean, I turn yeah. off like I have no notifications on my phone, and I my email is the email on my phone is um, you know buried really deep so that I don't see it and I'm not constantly checking it because that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't have notifications for. For right now, I do have Messenger installed on my phone, but that's only because my husband is out of the country. When he he gets back tomorrow, when he lands, I delete Messenger off my phone. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, like so all, of very- the, all of the things that it's kind of like a kid in a candy store or like if I'm on a like I <laughs> another weird analogy. I love Doritos. That is like the weirdest thing that like I love those chips. If they're in the house, I will eat the whole bag. So guess what? They're not in the house. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think I think the whole topic of managing your your social media so it doesn't disrupt your life is a huge one. And yeah, um, I think everyone has to has to make their own choices that way. I think it's very easy to just go along with stuff. I, I mean, I'm guilty of spending too much time on Facebook myself and all of a sudden I'll be like, what am I doing? You know, get off this thing. (laughs) Or the question, like the better, like I think personally, the better question is why am I doing this? Yeah. Distraction, Uh, just killing time, something. Yeah. Or maybe it's legitimate. (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe it's legitimate. Maybe you legitimately need to reach out to somebody or, you know, like there are some people who only communicate with me through Facebook. But I think the thing is knowing what your triggers are 
and being self-aware mm-hmm. enough to know when, you know, like you can BS other people easily, but you can't BS yourself. You know, you know what you're doing. Yes. That's what, just what I was going to say. You you know the difference and you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, just uh, periodically ask yourself what you're doing about a lot of things. So, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, I think um, uh, I'm going to wrap up the conversation now. It's been really wonderful. Um, <laughs> any, uh, I mean, I, as I said at the beginning, it was going to be free ranging, and I believe that has proven true. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it's been really fun. Um, any um, kind of final thoughts, or um, you know, I, I'm going to urge everyone to listen to your podcast. It's it is. It, there are so many different topics on there, and um, you know. You can scroll through and you will see something that you just have to listen to. Yeah, and I think that's actually a good a good point and a good segue to, you know, something that I would leave um your listeners with, which is um you can learn a lot from other people if you're sta- if you're open and you're staying open to it. So, you know, as an example, um so the savvy painter is about painting. So that is my one constraint. But within that, there are so many different types of painters um who have had as we talked about different experiences. So like I think that if we're um always looking for what can I learn? What can I discover? There's so much information out there. But if we, for example, say, okay, I am this type of painter. So I'm only going to listen to painters who paint like I do. It sort of puts mm. your ability, your, your, um, your learning or your experiences into a very, very tiny bucket. And there's so much out there. So I would say seek out. Um, people who have different opinions than you do, people who on the surface, maybe it looks like you wouldn't have anything to learn from them. And then you dig deep into it and you realize, wow, this person is a gold mine of information. And I never would have guessed that if I had just uh, said like, okay, <laughs> that person is X yeah. and I don't need X. So done. Right. I think that's really true. Not to put... Just if you just read the description and you put it in a little box and said, "Eh, not me," um, and if you but if you met that person in person at a party at on the street wherever, and you just started chatting and you found out you were both painters, you know you'd end up having a great conversation yeah. probably even if you know you you're an abstract painting uh, painter and they're super realism, you know right away you'd be talking about something. And yeah. so I it's it, it and 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 podcasting dud gives you that sense of of being talking to the person or listening to the person. So great yeah. advice. Um yeah, so um uh go to savvypainter.com and check out the list of interviews. Um there's even one with me, I believe. It's a great. <laughs> there is an interview with Rebecca. It is a fantastic interview. Wonderful. Um I think it's one it's it's definitely in the top 10 most popular, so Really? Oh my gosh, I had no idea. All right. Well, on that note, thank you so much, <laughs> Entries, for for joining us at the Messy Studio. And um, I hope everyone starts to really enjoy both podcasts if you're not familiar with, with Entries already. 
Thank you, Rebecca. Everybody go make a mess. <laughs> go mess up your studio. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Good advice. Bye-bye. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Make sure to check out squeegeepress.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. <laughs> <laughs>